In today's episode, I speak with my guest, a psychic medium, about life lessons, her unique gifts, and leading with intuition. Learn how this woman has evolved with all life's handed her and why she's creating an impact in the addictions community. Welcome to Lit, a podcast dedicated to changemakers who want to lead, inspire, or transform the world for the better. My name is Ravi Tour. I'm a straight shooter with a no BS approach. This podcast is meant to be thought-provoking, to get your attention, and mostly, I want to encourage change and movement from folks just like you and me. I'll cover things like world issues, mindset, and theory. So stick around, tune in, and let your mind be the map to your revolution. Welcome to episode 22 of Lit. My name is Ravi Tour and I'm your host. Today I'm bringing you guest number four of the guest interview series. My guest today is Melissa Bedeen. She's a psychic medium who helps women tap into their intuition to help them become intuitive empowerment coaches. Today I'm going to talk to Melissa about life, how she even got into the psychic medium area of work and what she's doing with it to create an impact. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I love getting to connect in with like-minded and getting to share. So this is great. Thank you, Raph. Absolutely. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Melissa, and give everybody at Lit a good understanding of who you are. Perfect. So thank you. I am actually somebody who started off as a healer at a young age. I was working at a clinic at the age of 16 and I knew I loved it, but I wasn't aligned with the practice of where I was at. So I started my own company at the age of 17 and it slowly progressed from there where I eventually got to find what I was passionate about, what I was really naturally talented at. And then it just continued to snowball into a variety of different things from life experiences of failures to just really trusting my intuition, which aligned everything else, which is why I try and teach intuition to help business owners skip all the like nasty troubled spots so you can stay in alignment and make it easier. And so I started as a massage therapist. I became an Alberta registered massage therapist 10 years ago this year. And I just continued to progress and grow and develop. Like you have to take continuing education credits every two years. And I found Reiki, which I call the gateway drug to intuition. So for those of you who are into Reiki, it does tap you in because it just makes it very normal and very very fluid in developing. And then from there, I've always been intuitive. I always had this whole clear cognizance, which for those of you who aren't understanding what that clear is, it's inner knowingness, just that gut instinct, that inner knowingness that you just know stuff about people without them ever telling you, weirds them right out. But I chose to develop and use that. And then from there, I took mentorships, which then developed into me myself becoming a mentor and a coach for others. And it's just snowballed into something I'm very proud and beautiful loving energy with everybody else as well. That is such a cool story. So Melissa is from Alberta, Canada. I love to give props to my Canadian friends here. Melissa and I met about, um, actually Melissa and I met pretty much at the onset of my journey a couple of years ago into entrepreneurship. And at that time, she had already been an entrepreneur since since fucking 17 years old, right? (laughs) Like, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. But we had met and there's that inner knowing, that inner knowing, that weird aspect that she's talking about, legit, it's real. It, she did, you know, freak me out a little bit. And I'm, I'm not immune to the spiritual world or knowing that 
people have psychic abilities, intuitive abilities. I mean, that's what I work with my clients on in the first place, right? Authenticity through your intuitive self. And so when she did whatever it is you do in your awesome little world, to me, I was like, holy shit, this chick knows me inside out and really creeped me out for a second. But the more I got to know you, the more I realized it is really powerful, eh? Like it's a powerful, powerful skill. I honestly, and this is the best part, I believe we're all intuitive and I believe we all have this gift and it is very powerful. The reason I find that it's so beautiful and empowering and like my whole ideal is being an intuitive empowerment coach and helping you connect to it is it takes away that external search that we all have for validation. Like we're all looking for somebody to validate us or validate our business or choices or whatever. And when you can connect into your soul self, your higher self, which is whatever you want to call God, source, goddess, creator. I I just use all of that because my thing is, is it's all the same. But when you use that, you know, you're in flow, you're aligned, you're authentic, as you call it. It's just having that inner knowingness instead of searching for that external validation, which takes all that riffraff and crap out of the table. And it does weird some people in the beginning, but my whole goal is to stay grounded while doing it. It's not like I have to go and really smudge you and, and get really intense about it. It's just allowing it to be a neutral thing that just happens from an authentic heart-centered space, which I believe we all can do. We all have these gifts. It's just whether we choose to develop them, that's the true gift. Yeah. And I I just love, 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 love that piece of like, okay, to some, your gifts are fucking weird, plain and simple. That's just how it is, right? But that didn't stop you. That external validation, that's what I talk about often, like in my one-on-one settings. And then obviously in here in Lit, and on YouTube and wherever I can spread the message, it's about knowing that you are exactly who you are. You're meant to feel those things internally. You're meant to discover those talents and gifts and not that you need external validation. The only thing you really need is that you need to be okay. Believe there's a point. Believe that those gifts have been inherently set within you to provide greater impact, whatever that looks like. And so for you, A big piece of it was not letting others determine whether those gifts were going to be something you were going to utilize, whether they were going to be in utility or not. And you ran with that. Like, that's huge. That external validation piece is no longer necessary. I love that you open up with that. So before we go into any more of that, tell me about the 17-year-old Melissa who started who was an entrepreneur, like, give me an idea of what the fuck you're talking about. (laughs) Right? Okay, so I worked at a spa. And I will say this, everything there, the good, the bad, it taught me so much, so much about myself, so much about everybody. And the thing is, is I have OCD. I'm actually very proud of that, though, because it keeps me organized on the ball. And I'm always on time. So I like it. But the thing is, is that place did not it was not to a sanitary standard of health code. Um, There was a lot of things that weren't in you know, validation of my alignment on training, education, healthcare, like all those things. And so I actually did a bunch of research. I was in high school. I realized that the stuff I was being taught wasn't accredited and I wouldn't be able to apply towards school credits. And it was a whole thing. Long story short, I stuck with my gut, that claircognizance, and I left the company. It was a whole lesson for me, but she was charging for non-credible training. And I ended up winning through the Alberta, like, there was a lot, it was a lawsuit, but I ended up winning it back in a sense of standing my ground on understanding what I needed to do in order to serve myself. And the 17 year old rebellion me was like, okay, in the contract I signed when I was 16, it said I couldn't open up my own business or clinic within one year of being there within a five mile radius. But where I lived, the whole town was five miles. I loved what I did. And I had these beautiful clients who wanted to work with me. 
And so I knew that the contract wasn't legally binding. She herself wasn't even legally trained and none of that was actually legit. It was a lot of craziness. So I actually opened up my company as kind of like an FU. I'm going to do what I love and what I'm good at and what I'm passionate about. And that was like my big 17-year-old rebellion. Some people do drugs, some people party. I started a business. I went and got a business license. I had a health inspector come, a fire chief come. I had my, my parents' basement I lived in and I had a bunk bed futon and I would do massages for my friends and family. Or if you were a client and I didn't want you in my house, I would travel with my table to your home with a delivery charge. And it was this whole thing where I was like, I'm going to still do what I love. I'm going to still honor that part within me that's very much a natural healer. And it worked for me. I won the lawsuit. I actually helped three other people do it. We have had lots of support. Like it was all government funded from, from my end because I was in the right. And all of those life lessons were like, okay, it made me stronger. It pushed me out of my comfort zone. I don't know if I would have started a company that young if that hadn't happened. So I'm grateful for the individuals that did the not so great things to the younger version of me. Cause like in high school, imagine 17 year old me going through three arbitrations, mediations and everything and doing the paperwork, filing it up and getting it done. And so like that OCD saved me. <laughs> My stubbornness also saved me, but that gut instinct, I knew that it was wrong and what was happening wasn't in the client's best interest. And I wanted to make sure that when I chose to really expand my business, I would stay in that alignment and I would continue to give the best effort that I could. And I would always authentically share what I knew to be true for me on a heart level. And it, I didn't resonate with the messages that were there. So I couldn't sell it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, I didn't, I was terrible. <laughs> yeah. In all honesty. First and foremost, you stood up for integrity, right? That was a huge piece of it, being able to let your clients know or the people that were being served that, you know, what you're going to get, what you think you're going to get is what you're going to get. And knowing that that wasn't what they were going to get as a young human being, let alone any individual, you stood up, your rebellious self stood up for integrity. That was the big piece of it, of what I heard. And then all those other things were there to challenge your integrity to stick with integrity, right? Like, were you going to stick with it or not? So one of my questions for you out of that is most 17-year-olds are not going to go through all of that arbitration. There's a lot. I mean, half of the population of adults isn't going to go through that, right? We'd rather just bury our head underneath the pillow and hope it'll kind of all smooth over one day magically, but it doesn't work like that. So Explain to us a little bit more of how you even got into a position where you were serving clients at 17. Why were you in a spot at 17, 16, working at a spa and not out gallivanting or enjoying shit with your friends or whatever that looks like? Well, that actually starts with my parents were great at giving us, if you want something, you have to earn it. So I've always had a job since I was like 12. I was the babysitter block, like block babysitter. I took care of everybody's kids. I had a newspaper route in like grade four. I did janitorial work. And then it just from there snowballed to like building a resume and getting jobs. And I always had, if not one, I had one, two, three jobs at the same time. So this business, my business, I'm on year 14. It started as a side hustle and then it turned part-time and then it went full-time and I'm 10 years full-time this year. Like it's 10 years of me doing what I love with no other boss and getting to make my own schedule and sometimes be lazy and sometimes work really hard and hustle. But the thing is, is that drive, that natural ambition, it came from knowing even at a young age, like, like in career and personal planning class, it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wrote massage therapist or healer. Like I didn't really know the different options. I knew I didn't want to be a nurse. I used to have a lot of phobias tied to needles and I got like a whole sleeve of tattoos, but I knew that, but 
needles are out. So not a nurse, not any of that. And I didn't want to go to school for eight years to be a doctor, but I really was aligned with being a healer. So it just progressed naturally from there and it just continued to grow. And so I do always say like trusting your own authenticity and trusting your gut, it will take you where you're meant to be. And that's where I feel I am now. And if it shifts again, great. Like it just, I'm always open to being that forever student myself. So then I can continue to bring additional value and stuff for my clients as well. For sure. So you obviously were born with leaders in your home who taught you guys that you got to work for what you, what you want in life, that there's a massive amount, a massive component of self-discipline attached to life and pursuing goals, and that you have to work hard, but not hard as in it's got to be a chore. You've just got to work hard. But what you did was you worked hard finding what you loved doing, right? So it, to me, it sounds like it wasn't, other than some of the blips along the way, it wasn't actually work per se. Is that correct? A hundred percent. Like I, I would work seven days a week and I would work evenings and weekends. And then I had kids and I realized I needed to prioritize and balance my schedule a little bit, but I don't find it work. Like when we're traveling, my laptop is on my lap and I'm creating documents for my membership site. And I'm sending emails and stuff like that whenever my family's not really looking. And I'm making sure that my mentees know what's up and I'm never ignoring them because I'm passionate about it. I love seeing them get that aha moment. And if I can help even just one person, I know that I've made a difference in this world and I can feel good at the end of this career knowing that I've done something positive. And that's the message that I really love for myself. Like it really doesn't ever feel like work. It feels like I'm making a difference in helping others. Absolutely. And I hear it genuinely within your, your voice, within everything that you're saying and how you're presenting yourself. What I'm really getting underneath all of this is that you're a nurturer at heart, right? So I have six archetypes that I talk about to lit listeners, to clients, to whomever drops on my website. There are six archetypes. And the one that I'm hearing mostly out of you is that healer, right? That's what it's called, but the nurturer, right? You are out there looking to serve others and take care of others. And so what does that look like in your life? Because you've had, you know, life hasn't been perfect for you, right? And so what, what does taking care of yourself look like in that realm? Balance. And, you know, that's the biggest thing. You're right. Like everybody has a natural archetype. I love that, that you bring that in. And that's a beautiful aspect is understanding who you are. And then even for me, it's understanding even like my love language. That's something that I had to learn. So like my husband and I have been together since grade nine. We are, it's like our 10 year wedding anniversary this year. There's a lot that comes to that, but like love languages, there's a disconnect with some people in that language. So I have to understand what I need and what he needs. And then I even understand my children have their own. So then even understanding intuitively, what is my dominant Claire? How do I connect to people using that as my own format? And then being able to use all of that and adapt. Like, here's the thing. Some people will say, women are so confusing. I don't understand what she means. I'm a very clear cut person. If I need something, I will tell you without playing a game in it. And I feel a lot of people are misunderstood when they're so direct because then they feel like, you know, they're too either aggressive or whatever. My thing is, is if we don't put it out to the universe and what we need, we're not going to get it back. So I always put out, here's my clear intention. Here's my goal, my focus and everything that comes in that. This is what I need from you in order to make that successful. And then sometimes I had to realize I couldn't do it all. So I had to create a balance. And I also had to remove some things that weren't my favorite. So I get a house cleaner now to incorporate balance. I, you know, have more daycare when I want to be able to focus on my priorities. And then it's being able to really use my personal time for personal time to use that love language for my family, to be able to utilize what I need for my own self-care, such as every three weeks I get a massage, I go and get pampered with little, I guess, treats for myself. 
and coffee is my addiction. And so espresso is a daily habit. And just knowing that that's a part that brings me joy, that serves me, it gives me that like break in the moment so I can actually relax and enjoy them more. That's really all. Balance is huge. And balance is something that is has been continuously talked about in the interview series, right? A lot of nuances about balance and where that fits and how that impacts somebody's life and their journey and their process, right? For you, what you're talking about is in the process, you need to strike balance. You need to find that time to get pampered or drink that espresso or to spend time, personal time with the family, which is great. But I'm also hearing clearly that you are highly self-aware to know where the balance fits in, what you need to make yourself whole so that you don't drain out during the process. Because 14 years of entrepreneurship, especially when you're a kid, when the likes of YouTube and shit wasn't even as big as it is, so you couldn't do it yourself, learn it yourself, you had to do it the old school way. I'm assuming you really had to develop that self-awareness early on, but also with your gifts in order to strike that balance you needed. Absolutely. Being very clear on what my focus was, what my goal was, I was able to do that with my clients. I was able to really voice what I wanted to do with them and focus with them and what I felt intuitively they needed. And then just making sure that it felt aligned with them without ever being pushy. That's the biggest thing I'm always kind of upset with is when people are very pushy, like I'm the only one, I'm the best or whatever. I'm not the only one. And maybe I'm not the best one for you. But the thing is, is if you resonate with my energy, you'll know because it's a very authentic and I I do have a more masculine energy. So it's one of those things where that, that dominant factor comes in. And I just very much want people to be aware that you need to do what authentically aligns for you. And being very clear on what you put out to the universe is the number one thing. So you're right. Back when I was 17, there wasn't all... Facebook was not around. This makes me sound really old. But text messaging was like you had to push one number multiple times to get that one letter. So I definitely didn't have the advantages that entrepreneurs have today. I had to learn it with all of you guys going through Zoom and figuring that out to using a microphone and figuring out all the adaptabilities to then realizing I'm not the best. So Ravi actually recommended an amazing guy to help me in editing and all these fun things because I understand where my niche is. I talk to dead people. I'm very intuitive and I help other people connect to intuition. But tech is not my jam. So I hire out and I just realized that that's where I need to balance my time. Focus on my creative zone of genius and release the things that don't serve me. And then it really allows you to focus on things that you're passionate about so you don't burn out. Because they do say for a massage therapist, for example... Your burnout is at around seven to nine years. Well, I'm 10 years solid and I've been doing it an extra four years. It's just that 10 years is when I actually had my full two-year credit in there for my diploma. Then for an intuitive, they say the average burnout is two years. And that's if you don't care for yourself, you don't have self-care, you don't have proper boundaries with the living and with the deceased. This is stuff I teach you. And then it's also being aware of energy exchanges because some people will make you the walking party trick. Like I'll walk into parties and they're like, oh, you read minds? Can't look at you. Can't look at my eyes because you're going to read my soul. I'm like, it's not oh. how it works. <laughs> but it's just being aware of like what I need to bring to the table and having healthy boundaries. Like I'm not connecting to your loved ones right now because I set a boundary with them that I won't unless you come to me as a client. I'm not a walking party trick. So I'm not going to sit here and guess what you're doing right now in your mind because one, I don't want to read that. Two, who says I can right now? Like I, you got to get into a zone to do certain things. And so I honor my time now. I used to bite when people would try and trick me into things. And now I just go, you know, if you're going to respect me and my job, like I respect you and yours, there is a time and a place. It shifts everything to allow that balance so I don't burn out. Wow, that's huge. And 
you know, you are very different in the terms of kind of the professions I've had on here, right? I've had coaches, I've had, you know, marketers, I've had educators, I've had different people. I thought it would be really interesting to bring on somebody who had the spiritual side, right? Spirituality, to me, when I was learning it, wasn't reality. It was too woo-woo, right? And so in order for me to really adopt it and accept it, I had to take on a kind of scientific approach when looking at that from a scientific lens or using science to kind of validate theories, suggestions, all of that, that's when I realized, holy fuck, right? Like there is some massive, massive truth here. And just the ideology of energy, right? Knowing that we are all energetic, right? If we look at it on an ionic kind of level, or if we look at things, you know, if you stand outside, you can feel the ray that's of the sun, right? That's energy. That's all energy. And so for you, you were definitely a wild card, if I'm to think of it correctly, right? But I thought it's a great experience and perspective to bring somebody who's different. I mean, you, Melissa, let's get real. You're pretty fucking different, right? So. 100%. I think not right at all. You know, like when you talk about talking to dead people, I'm like, okay, brace yourself. That's happening. That is happening. And part of me can't even wrap my head around it, right? Like, I can't, but I know people to have, to have the ability to see auras, to be able to speak to the past. I know that this is all possible. I just don't have that gift, right? And so for you to naturally exude your gift, but then also to realize, okay, some stumbling blocks here, you know, people are going to use me as a party trick. I know that birthday parties and things that I've gone to, there's tarot card readers and things of that nature just for like the shits and giggles. And it can get overwhelming because it's interesting how people don't always believe in this side of of things, in the psychic or spiritual side of things. Yet when there's a tarot card reader or there's an intuitive reader there or someone who's a medium who's in the space, all of a sudden people are super curious and expect you to give your time up freely for them to learn. A hundred percent. Like with everything that I do, I'm aware it's different. But the thing is, is I would actually disagree with you saying if you don't have this. I do believe you do have it. It's just understanding all the different clairs. So like, I'll even just touch on that a little bit so people can understand because I actually threw in a little thing for you guys at the end that Rat can talk about. But I, I just really, truly want everybody to understand that there's something within you where you're already doing what I'm doing. It's just whether you're understanding it. So mine, I already discussed clear cognizance. This is an inner state of knowingness. So how many of us, and let's be honest, have felt, oh, better slow down. And then you slow down and you see a cop with a photo radar. Like, oh, I know I've done that. Yeah. You're saying yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, what about when somebody's talking to you and you're like, they're totally lying. You can yeah. tell. Internal BS detector. Okay, Rev, this is exactly what I'm talking about. That's how it started for me. Because I would go in a group and I would be like, she's untrustworthy. I don't know why, but this person, I feel is sleeping with that person's boyfriend. Like, I would just know or feel these different things. And so feeling goes to clairsentience. That's an empath where you can feel physical ailments on people. So how many times have you picked up on somebody else's headache or you just feel like, oh, are you sure you're okay? And then they kind of go, oh, I'm fine. And you're like, are you really? Because the thing is, is you're picking it up in clairsentience. Yeah. That's another clair. That's an energy. You're reading their energy through their aura. That sounds woo-woo, but it's actually not when we understand there's different energetic fields. We all have different energetic fields. And so I always encourage my students, because I teach Reiki and stuff too, put your hands together and just see how close you can get them before you start to really feel the energy. And then slowly pull it apart and then you'll feel the cold. When you pull it together, it'll feel warmer and you can feel it. 
So for me, in the beginning, it felt really like I had to get really close, my hands together. And then eventually I could pull it apart and I could feel it even this far, like let's say two feet apart, I could feel the energy still. And then it just continues to grow. So it's a muscle. You're developing that muscle. So then clairgustance, if you're going to smell a random smell out of nowhere, like how many times have you just randomly smelled something that doesn't belong in that space? That's spirit. For me, I'll have old spice come up and I know that's a grandfather energy because that's a smell that associates to a grandfather. So you can train yourself to understand these signs and symbols or a taste that comes out of nowhere. If I taste cigarettes, that's a client that's got smoking. They're talking about smoking because I'm not a smoker. So then these are ways that I use it for messaging. Then you got like clairvoyance, which is clear sight. That's through your third eye. And that's when you get like an image or a vision or, you know, just a picture that pops up. So in the beginning, I used to just see an animal in my mind's eye. So like, you know, when you close your eye and you kind of see images, that's your mind's eye. And I would see an animal and I didn't know what to do with that. So I started looking at Dr. Stephen Farmer. He's got a beautiful book on spirit animal guides and totem power animals, all of that. And I started realizing those were messages and there was readings in there. So then I started to really understand how to develop my signs and symbols with spirit. And then clear audience is clear hearing. I'll actually have an internal conversation in my mind with spirit. And it's because I've chosen to develop all five. But how many of us have heard an internal voice in our mind? And then we're like, wait, what? Where'd that come from? And we'll usually brush it off as weird or my imagination. But that's your intuition. Absolutely. And it's funny, actually, you you totally caught me on my bullshit there for a second. And it wasn't meant to be bullshit because I'm not just like many of you guys. I'm not really attuned to the language I'm supposed to use because a part of me knows that it exists, but a part of me doesn't know how to talk about it or really say anything about it. And I know that I do have intuitive skills, right? Like I have these gut reactions and I do get those signs to slow down or those red lights come when out of nowhere or there's green lights all of a sudden all the way down, right? Like it just one after another. And then I know for certain, well, I'm on the right path. I'm supposed to be going that way. That's just one of many signs that I get day in and day out. And I personally believe that entrepreneurship, just life in general, is a spiritual journey as well, right? Like if we are paying attention then we are going to get the answers we need to kind of fulfill the next step in our destiny, in our, in our fate, in our impact, right? A hundred percent. I believe it's never a coincidence. I believe us bumping into each other, even on the beginning of your journey and me, whenever it was, it was totally fate. I believe that everything is as it's meant to. So people, this is one thing that gets people hung up and like, there's always going to be somebody listening to this going, okay, but why would a kid have cancer? Like those kinds of things, right? And I always want to address that because my thing is, is I believe we chose our soul lessons before we physically came here on this earth. Mm -hmm. I believe in past lives. And if it doesn't resonate with anybody, that's fine. I respect everybody else's opinions, belief, and religious views. But the idea is if we chose these life lessons, sometimes there has to be a bad guy in order for us to learn a lesson. Because if everybody was amazing, there wouldn't be a lot of lessons to be learned. There has to be a struggle or a pain. You have to have a rain before the water, like before you get to see the rainbow at the end of the water. And so with all of that, I always challenge people to look at the positive out of it. And I can speak on that because I know, Ravi, you know about my story, you know about my history, and I'm very open about it. But it's actually really like next week is the two-year anniversary to the passing of my younger sister. She passed from a drug overdose. And the thing is, is I intuitively felt it. I worked with it. I reported her um, to social services. There was all this stuff that we did to try and prevent it and no longer enable and really help her to get the support that she needed. The thing is, is we all have free will, guys. So up to free will, she made conscious choices. We could try and stop as much as we wanted. I called, I did everything that I could. I reached out the ways that I felt I could. But what can you do in that instance? And so people will have these like anger towards God or anything like that. But the thing is, is 
She made me a teacher through that experience. I then held a deeper appreciation for everything else. And I'm going to be very honest. I don't know if I would have publicly come out as a psychic medium if she hadn't, you know, if things hadn't gone that way, because I did care what people thought. And then after everything kind of went to shit in that field, I just didn't care anymore about anybody else's opinion because I saw that there was a bigger purpose for all of us. And I realized that there was more important things in this world to make a difference on. So by speaking my truth, by sharing the alignment and the authenticity behind it, I've been able to not only physically see, but energetically feel the difference people have with that story alone, because they know that if I can speak from my own pain and say that that grief journey allowed me to become a better person out of it, and that's the lesson I chose to take, that may inspire somebody else to do the same. And that's the goal. That's the focus and what I do. And I try and help other people in their own healing journey as well. So I want to talk about that because that that was a pretty huge thing, obviously, that took place. And that's your sister right behind you, right? So that's our wedding. That's um, She was my bridesmaid. And so that's that's her right there, Nikki. Yeah, Nikki. So for lit listeners, the story is really, um, it's pretty huge. So just to kind of speed things up a little bit for some listeners, we have a massive epidemic of fentanyl out here, right? Out in, in Canada. But it's worldwide. It's a really shitty situation that no one can really explain other than there's a bunch of assholes out there who really um, don't care about human beings, period, right? And so a little grain of fentanyl will really end someone's life. Like it just takes a little grain. It's smaller than salt, basically, right? Yeah. So the way that the drug enforcement unit, because we had to clean out her space and everything, it's two grains of salt is the size that can kill an adult for fentanyl. And so the way that they explain it is that when people take the pills and everything, they crush it and they don't actually know. It's like a cookie cutter mix. And so they don't know the potency levels and a lot of people doing it. It's all diluted. And even for her, it's not that she intentionally wanted to get hooked on it. She was on oxys from a doctor prescription. And then a friend gave her an oxy that was actually a fentanyl. And that's how that happened. So I always say, advocate for yourself, find natural healing abilities. I am one of those people that I will push my clients to try anything if I'm not working for them or whatever. But you could try so many different modalities, but a lot of times it does stem from a doctor prescription on opioids that stems down to this because it's usually the so-called friend that you think you can trust that gets you hooked onto something. And so that was the case for us. A lot of people thought it was some back alley thing. It wasn't. And we just really want to bring awareness to it to try and help as many people understand the potency behind it because I've actually lost quite a few more people in my life that to the same drug. And the thing is, is awareness isn't always talked about in the, in the form of grief because people try and hide it out of shame or something from it. And that does a disservice. And I'm very, very passionate about knowing that she would want a message to be shared to help other people. She was very much a giving individual in a huge heart center. So if this can help anybody, please know. And Al-Anon, there's ways to support if like, let's say you're the family member, like in my situation, you don't know how to cope and you don't know if you're enabling, check it out. I want you to know that you're not alone. If you want to join, I have a Facebook group, find Follow Your Soul's Purpose. I talk about this in there and you're welcome to share your stories and just know you're not alone because that was the biggest thing. A lot of people feel isolated, whether they're the addict or the additional family that might have in past enabled and the guilt and, and all that. It's it's a lot. That's a cycle that needs to be broken. Absolutely. And that's that's kind of the key of it, right? Is is it's a cycle. A lot of trauma, uh, abuse, uh, substance abuse, just behavioral abuse, whatever that looks like, behavioral addiction, you name it, emotional, right? It's all linked to a cycle, right? Something happened to trigger that and another thing happened to continue to trigger it. My story for a lot of you listeners is I am a recovering addict, right? So when you actually 
spoke about Nikki, it hit hard because one of the big things about being an addict or a recovering addict is you just don't tell anybody, right? You just don't tell anybody. You pretend like that was a blip in your life and you just ignore it and you try to, you know, on your resume, make it something look really good there or give people a bunch of little lies. And in your instance, there was no way to cover it up, right? In your instance, you actually lost someone. It was, it, it was your sister and you lost her. Like there's no replacing that. There's no making up a lie about that. And for you, it's odd. It's so odd that you are such a healer and then here you are. Your biggest impact is in an area where addictions doesn't touch you personally, yet through your sister, it does have a massive personal impact. Yeah. And that's where I have to say, I believe our souls chose this life lesson. She and I chose each other to be in our life. And the reason is she was a teacher for me. And in that was a grief journey that I had to go through in order for me to appreciate and share different things. And so that's my personal choice and how I choose to look at it. Um, I understand everybody's going to have their own journey and their own story. But instead of bringing anger or resentment to it, I wanted to come from a healing energy to it. Like even the drug dealers, I don't want to hold anger to them. My thing is, is I send them love because hurt people hurt people. So obviously no happy person in their right mind is like, that's the career for me. That's as a child, that's my life goal. I feel bad for them because the thing is, is that seems like it's like a very lonely, empty, meaningless life in the sense of what do you contribute to the world in raising uh, a better awareness or raising your own energetic level? That's not, that's a toxic cycle. And so I send them love. I send everybody who's grieving love and I send the addicts love and the family love who've ever gone through what I've gone through because I get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's pretty big to have empathy for someone in that situation, right? Like, and that's part of the conversation we're having is, sure, shit can be done to you. It could have happened at any point, right? Whatever that looks like, you're going to get impacted and you have to take a moment. You don't have to. Actually, let me correct that. You don't fucking have to do shit. But it serves you better to be able to take a moment and look at what's going on for the other person, right? It is a cycle. Part of that is, is understanding that there is a massive, massive impact other people are feeling, right? And that's where I talk about trauma code, which I'll go into in later episodes. But trauma code is something that I've developed after knowing, okay, wait, most of my impacts, impacts in my life, so everything from sexual abuse to drug addiction to homelessness, these are things that I've gone through, okay? I've gone through. They were all impacted upon my life because someone else you know, going through life themselves ended up being impacted in their own lives. And the only way that they could manage or function in their lives was to do whatever they did, right? Impact the next person and impact the next person. And it's a massive cycle. And so for you to hold that much empathy for a dealer who, you know, knowingly wrapped some fentanyl around an oxy to give to someone who was obviously addicted from the system, right? That's a whole nother can of worms that we'd have to deal with. But who got addicted because of the system? It's massive, right? It's massive. It is. And it's something that I, I had to go through a grief for. So obviously I started with, you know, denial and then I had to work through sadness, anger. And then it's that whole thing of bargaining to even then coming into acceptance and working on all of that. And so for me, I knew what I needed and I knew what I didn't want to carry. And I don't want to carry any kind of negative emotions if I don't have to. And the thing is, is that they didn't care. Like, do we really think that they care? 
about how we feel about them? Probably not because they're in their own little zone. So I didn't want to carry it anymore for myself. So it's not even that I'm some amazing person or whatever. It's just, I knew from my healing journey, I needed to make sure that I was able to move forward in a healthy way. And then if it helped to inspire anybody else, that's why I shared my story. I do believe that there's opportunity in connecting with people authentically. That's the biggest thing. I find a lot of people will talk about superficial things and they'll kind of keep it a little vapid. And I find that's where we're doing a disservice, not only to ourselves, but to our clients. And so the more authentic we can be, the more open and honest, the more we can connect on a soul level to each other. Because like by fluke, by fate, a couple of years ago, we met. My story resonated with you, which was what brought us here today. And if these messages impact others through this, this video here, this audio, whatever, you can then see that there's a ripple effect that stemmed from that one trauma. And so that's how I choose to look at it. That's how I've tried to make my life an impactful opportunity for other people as well. And then I, I try and inspire my students and mentees to do the same because I was actually taught by many beautiful mentors and they would all give me a nugget, but this one I loved. And so like, here you are, Raph, you've got you at the top of this, let's say pyramid. And at the top, you share your message with 10 people who then share it with 10 people who then share it with 10 people. Well, then that message from one person stemmed to hundreds, if not thousands that can impact and make a difference. And so if we could all do that, if we could all take something from ourselves and our life journey and just think of what we can do as a society. Absolutely. And that is the message. It doesn't matter where you fucking listen to this. That is the message. The whole point of everything I produce is to recognize the fact that we are all influential in our own unique ways, right? And it starts with the self. You have to do the work to understand that, you know, you have that unique potential to be able to create that ripple effect. You have been given all these gifts, all of these lessons to learn from and then impose in a very positive way to the world, to show the world, to teach the world, to express to the world, right? And there's so many ways that we can do it in a form of a podcast, in a form of a YouTube video, in a form of a blog, in a form of your fucking Facebook status. At the end of the day, you can create a message that has a positive ripple effect. And it really is that simple. You could start off with just one person. That number could just be one instead of 10. Well, it's you to that next person. And then it's that next person. So already there's three people affected. And then the next, you know, and it just keeps going. Or most likely you're going to reach those 10 people, right? Everybody knows 10 people and everybody knows 10 more people and 10 more people. And it's that ripple effect, that understanding that We are not victims in our lives. We are the solution to a wholesome society, to a benefiting society, to a society that really could do more, right? That really could have more. Agreed. It couldn't be said better because the thing is, is whatever you take out of this, you're going to take what you need at this time. And whether you listen back to later date, you'll get more out of it. And so that's where I always say, you're going to get what you need when you listen to it. And so whoever's listening here today, thank you. And hopefully you get some valuable information in order to take it forward and inspire you on your purpose and what you need to share with others. I love it. I love it. Okay. Keeping, keeping track of time here. I know we've got to get going here shortly, but I want to know a couple of things before you go. The first thing I want to know and would help listeners is, okay, there was a period in your life where you did shut off the psychic medium ability, not shut it off. Let me correct myself. You didn't shut it off. You just chose not to expose it to the world, right? It wasn't something you were openly expressing. So part of your journey meant that you had to heal internally, right? And so let's give the listeners some practical steps that they can apply today to to being able to take that first, because it's all about a step, right, you guys? 
So what's, you know, one or a couple of action steps that they could take today that doesn't require too much that they could really implement in their lives to create that journey of healing? Honestly, it's being open to yourself, like really learning who you are. And so I always say mind mapping is like the number one thing. So come up with like a subject, who am I? And then actually map out all the different features about yourself. What are you? Are you a healer? Are you a natural intuitive? Do you find that people naturally dump their life stories on you? Because that was something that always happened to me. And I didn't realize that's an empathic trait where people felt safe around me, which meant that they could confront and share and just trust me. And the thing is, is I wanted to be trustworthy. So I did keep their secrets and I did just let them vent. And I give what now I understand is channel guided advice. Because at a young age, I was giving really profound advice. And I was like, how did I, yay me, where did I get that? That wasn't me. That was all ego if I said that. So the thing is, is understanding that sometimes we're actually inspired by a greater force. And then where is that taking us? What is your soul's purpose? And so that's actually my main thing that got me to where I am too. I had to identify my soul's purpose was as a healer as a healer intuitive. And then I started to really stem into, okay, now I'm, instead of being more healer, I'm more intuitive on the sense of helping people be empowered on their intuition, which then heals themselves because then they're able to love themselves more. So if you can't come out, and here's something that I really do agree with. So I do joke about it a little bit. And if, if this offends anyone, I apologize. But I have a couple of family members that are a little sexist, racist, and homophobic. Well, Damn, don't we all, just for the record, right? Don't we fucking all. Okay, yeah. keep going. The thing is, is like, I'm a girl, my husband's brown and my brother's gay. So like, I really just love love. I want everybody to know that I don't actually have any opinion on any of that because who am I? I'm not here to judge anybody. My thing is to just empower and support them on their journey. But when I came out of my mediumship closet, I had to really love myself enough to do that. So I always have empathy for people who hold a piece of them back, whatever that is, whatever the title And so the thing is, is I had a fear of rejection from society. I think we all have that from some level. What I needed was to just no longer give a fuck. And so then I actually created some kind of fun way to look at that because I did a thing called deep cellular healing. I learned four levels. I teach them and everything now. But I had to understand that by repressing that, by repressing who I truly was on a soul level, I was actually getting physically ill from anxiety attacks. I was having all of these different, you know, stomach aches from just not feeling truly aligned, not sharing myself. I would have coughs and things in my throat chakra, which if you're familiar with chakras, that's communication. I was not communicating. I wasn't speaking my truth. So then when I was aware of what all of that meant, I realized in order to get in flow, I had to be authentic. I had to share who I was and the right people would be there at the end. I did lose some followers. I did lose some old massage clients that didn't resonate, but that's okay because that meant that I could then serve the people I do resonate with that wanted to work with me. And so that's where I share to everybody, being real for you and sharing a real story won't even just help your business. It will help you be aligned to prevent physical ailments because when you're mentally and emotionally repressing a part of yourself, that's going to do some damage physically as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I I really want to strengthen that point because it's so fucking valid. I see this. Okay. So for some of the listeners, some of them are going to be my clients because this is a resource, right, for them. And so for some of you, you know this. And for the rest of the audience members who are not a client of mine or Melissa's, it is pretty evident that you can probably pick this up somewhere. If you've got like a really rough day, you're going to have a headache, right? Like your emotional ailments, whatever that looks like, manifest themselves if not taken care of. And if they're left like that over a prolonged period of time, it's going to manifest itself in physicality, right? You're going to feel it. So whether you're feeling it in your shoulders, your neck, the back of your head, the throat, your stomach, right? Like there was even a time where 
I was experiencing this where there was like some some bullshit that happened at an office that I used to work at. And for a year, I just kept my mouth shut. I knew I knew the fuckery that was going on. And I just kept my mouth shut and kept my mouth shut and kept my mouth shut, which is so unlike me. So unlike me. And here I am having like gastral issues every day, right? Manifesting in pain, burning in my throat and all this stuff. And it, you know, it's pretty evident that if you continue on a certain path in life, a lot of your ailments will be triggered back to something emotional, right? There are so many people that speak on this. Dr. Joe Dispenza is one of those doctors who specifically speaks on emotional issues that manifest themselves into physical ailments. And so it's a thing. It turns into a genetic thing if passed on long enough, right? It manifests itself. So the fact that you bring that up is huge. And so if there's any reason for you to stop what you're doing today and become who you actually are unapologetically, be who you are unapologetically. Don't wear all those shades. Don't be that fucking person who wants to appease everybody else just for the sake of getting their acceptance or approval, be who you are and the right people will be attracted to you. Same thing for you and I, right? You're not everybody's fucking cup of tea. And I sure as fuck am not everybody's cup of tea, right? Exactly. Honestly. And that's pretty much why I created Fuck It Friday. So in Deep Cellular Healing, it's identifying what your limiting belief or block is. And then just really, I teach people to use like my body, mind, and soul no longer needs to carry this. It's no longer my highest regard, whatever affirmation you want to use. And then using a way to actually shift your mindset on it and just saying, fuck it. It's not my highest regard to care what other people think. Fuck it. I don't need to carry on the beliefs of other people's from past generations or the ancestors of my lineage. Fuck it. I don't need to be the person that I was told I needed to be by society. I don't need to be the specific form-figured woman that you know I was told I needed to become. Instead, I am now 100% happy with who I am. I love all the little weird quirks about me. I drink a shit ton of espresso and I do talk really fast. So if I'm not your cup of tea, I send you love and I wish you all the best in your journey. And if I am your cup of tea, I send you love and I hope you join me. And the thing is, is that's just where I'm at. Like, I don't care either way. I just want people to know that whatever I do, it's got my heart center in it. And that's where you'll get those true attractions where you can make a big difference and where it doesn't feel like work. Because here's the thing. If you're pretending to be somebody you're not, it's an act. You're acting. You're not, you're not aligned. And so then it just drains you. It takes it out of you. So if we can swear and drop our F-bombs, Rathen, that's great. And if we can sit here and tell people that we're coming from a place of heart center to tell you opportunities of healing and they like it, great. And if they've already checked out of here, then great. They're on their merry way. But the thing is, is we're here sending a message to the people who are meant to hear it. And the goal is the same. We're just here to connect with you on a soul level to help you heal so you can help others down your path. Oh, fucking mic drop, right? Like that's what that is. Although it was a pen, you guys, it was a pen. That wasn't even a mic. I I, I cherish my mic. She ain't dropping anytime soon. But I love, love, love all of that. That is huge stuff. Thank you so much for bringing all that in. Now, weirdo, before you go, (laughs) I I want to know more about a couple of things. First, you have a gift for our lit listeners, right? So what is the gift? Honestly, I wanted to help you guys. I wanted to help you guys align to your business intuitively. And so there is a document PDF. I think it's nine pages. And I have a link for you where you can go and register for it. It gets sent directly to your email. I just wanted you to know that there is a way that you can align your own intuitive connections, which I believe you already have. And it gives you tips and how to make it authentic for you. And so there's tips from what you need in order to help you succeed in a business to even 
a profitable idea that aligns with you on a soul level, things that will just continue to give you really just a way to open yourself up and making sure that it's not going to create a burnout rate because you're going to be truly centered into what you want to do. And so there's also an opportunity on that link to join my Facebook group, which is called Find and Follow Your Soul's Purpose. It is a free group. There's about a thousand some of us in there where we just, you know, we hang out and we are weird and we share our stories and inspirations. And I do try and help you guys if I can and just share that opportunity. Absolutely. I love it. And if you want to pair that up, actually, because it's such a good resource, pair it up with the archetype, because I think the archetype giving you that information and then having Melissa's information kind of hone in, because that's what it sounds like. It sounds like it's really driving it in to a really intuitive spot where you are coming from an authentic spot. I think those two would pair really well, kind of like wine and cheese, guys. Okay, Melissa. So if anybody wants to speak more with you, learn more about you, work with you. Where are they finding you other than the Facebook group? Oh man, this is such a tricky name, guys. My name is Melissa Bedeen and it is Melissa Bedeen. MelissaBedeen.com or at Melissa Bedeen or Melissa Bedeen Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Periscope, YouTube. <laughs> I wanted to keep it so confusing that you guys would never be able to find me. So Melissa Bedeen, watch out. <laughs> Melissa Bedeen and that's B-A-D-I-N-E? Yes. I got it. One L, two S's. One L, two S's. That's huge because I spell that name wrong so many times. That and Sarah, there are so many versions of these names. I don't even know what to say, but yo, stay authentic to you, right? (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, I just really want you guys to all know I'm grateful that you got to listen. I'm grateful that I'm here. And so thank you for the opportunity, guys. I appreciate it. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. You guys, you've gotten so much information here today about staying true to yourself, knowing that there's wisdom wisdom in suffering, right? That there is wisdom and growth in times where you think that it it couldn't get any worse, right? And it can, it can get worse. The reality is, is part of that is to teach you, to help you, to get you to grow. And as shitty as that sounds, there are two people, although there have been several people already who have come in and who will come in, they're telling you that through struggle, through pain, that's where the growth really comes from, right? And a lot of it has to do with ensuring that you are staying authentic to who you are and what you have to offer to the world in your unique way, right? So start listening, start paying attention to the signs and start giving that gut of yours a chance to really grow with you. It has something to say and it's pretty strong. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will catch you in next week's episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of Lit. I am so grateful to have you as an audience member. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to hit subscribe and leave your review. For more resources, tips, and tools, head over to www.ravitour.co. I'll be back with another episode next week. But until then, stay lit. Stay lit.